0: on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson
1: and Mo Moten. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Scott Goldbranson, Mo Moten with you on this Thursday, Saturday, depending if you're listening to us on the air, on the bet in Las Vegas. Hearty uh, hello to our radio audience. And uh, thanks for being with us as we get set to talk everything Raiders as they get set for a big Christmas Day, Monday matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. I'm coming to you from the road. The road, excuse me. And uh, so I am in a different location. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see my hotel room. Yay, fun times, suitcase, backpack behind me. Good deal. Uh, Mo Moten is in the Midtown Mo Bunker and enjoying himself over there what's up my man
2: everything's good Raiders mini bye week I had a mini bye week I was in a darkness retreat (laughs) as our guy Paul Raider would say and I'm back from the shadows and back at it
1: I still saw you on X you were still out there I thought you were going to be completely dark but then I saw I'm like there's Mo he's there He's, he's, he's checked in what's going on here so anyway welcome back anyhow so it's good. We get geared up uh, for Christmas over the weekend. So uh, Merry Christmas to everybody who celebrates out there. And we will be dropping. Yes, I'm not going to subject Mo to it today because I'm on the road and I can't do it. But we will be subjecting you to my night before Raider Christmas, which I do every <laughs> year. Yes, it's hokey. But I've, I've been doing it now like four years in a row. I got to keep doing it. I got to be consistent.
2: I mean, You got to keep the tradition going. Don't no, stop traditions. Correct. You got grandmama's cooking. You got Scott's <laughs> Raider
1: Christmas. Got to just keep these going. My poem. Yes, it'll be great. I promise it will not include Josh McDaniels. That's that's one promise <laughs> I will make to Raider Nation. But look for that on Friday. So as you head into the weekend, it will be a silver and black blitz. I will do it. Music and all. And I know Mo will play it for his family during Christmas Eve. Uh, it'll be all set, ready to go. But... We got some stuff to talk about, Mo. Okay, here, here's the deal. We, we, we did. Uh, I did a solo show when you were on your darkness retreat, and I'm just, I, dude, you got to help me with this. Like, I don't understand people who listen to stuff and then say and come on and comment and say I said something I didn't say. Like, what do people hear? Is it, is it, is it? It's crazy because people are telling me that I was saying that uh, Antonio Pierce doesn't have any shot at the job. I, I didn't say anything. We've been consistent, you and I both, on the show that Antonio Pierce is in the midst of what? An audition. Yep. And it's been up and down, right? One, two, lost three. Big win against the Chargers. So on the postgame show with Murph last week, on the show I did solo earlier in the week, I said, look. Jury's still out. You have to see what the pool of candidates is like. And then uh, if he finishes out strong, his chances improve. If he doesn't, then his chances diminish. That's all I said. But it's so strange. People don't want to hear what you say. Instead, they want to hear what they think you're saying. And, Mo, have we not been consistent with the whole Antonio Pierce thing since the beginning?
2: I think we have. You know what happens a lot of times? People will, People drink. that happens, this, ha, this has happened to me before where someone thought I said something or <laughs> tweeted something. Yeah. And it was actually something that Tashan Reed said. Oh. I kid you not. I, I I kid you not. Someone made a comment at me and it was something actually that, it was Tashaun Reed's take or something that Tashan Reed said <laughs> and, and the person was just coming after me in my mentions and I'm like, are you talking about Tashaun Reed? I'm Mo Mo. <laughs> and the person just like stopped dead in his tracks and just didn't comment after that. I guess he he or it, whoever it was, was embarrassed. Yes. But sometimes that happens where they mix you up. Sometimes what happens is you you may say something that gets misconstrued on X um, and then they'll tell you about it on this, on YouTube and then you have to pull up your receipt of what you actually said on X to correct it. Because I've done that, too. I actually did that before I went into my retreat. And that was part of the reason I had to just stay away from Twitter too much. Yeah. People were pulling saying, you said this and you said that. And then I was pulling up my receipts and saying, no, this is what I said. This is actually what I said. And then the person just had no comeback for it. So, Scott, I would just advise you, being that you're a public figure, you're a person who... Uh, is obviously a target for people saying, you said this, you said that. Keep, a, keep tabs on your receipts and what you actually said, because then you can pull it up and show them after.
1: Yeah, but see, I don't care. So so it's like I, I, a guy, when he came at me, Mo, I was like, go listen to this show. He's like, oh, at 13 minutes. So he timestamped it. This was on YouTube. So I go to YouTube and I click it. And I said nothing like that. I didn't say I didn't like uh, Antonio. That's the other thing. You like or don't like him. What do you mean? I either believe he should have the job or not have the job, which I've said it's too early to tell, right? I think – and we're going to talk about it in a second. I think he's got some momentum coming off the last game, clearly. But but people just – this this idea that you don't like somebody. Imagine you don't like somebody. If I said I don't like Antonio Pierce – to be the head coach that doesn't mean i don't like the man you know i I was obviously in nashville i was on the uh the murph's uh murph show raiders fan radio with the gang by the way which is fun and i appreciate everything and thanks to them um but but and we talked about it they met antonio pierce at the crab fest for the fred Bolitnikoff foundation where the one nation foundation gives their donations and um so so you you it's not that you don't like the person. You know he's a good person. You know he's a good dude. And I, I like the fact that Raider Nation likes him because they feel like he's one of their own. And I totally get that. But if you don't like him for the job, doesn't mean you don't like him. And by the way, you could have a difference of opinion. Do does, does people's opinions change over time? Sure, they do. But it's about a professional thing. It's not about liking him. We don't look at it from that perspective. And oh, by the way, if the Chargers hire Jim Harbaugh and you have Jim Harbaugh, uh, Andy Reid and and Sean Pete in the division. Does that change your view of Antonio Pierce as a head coach uh, and their ability to compete? Like those are questions that will come up over time. We can't answer that question now because it's 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 a theoretical. Okay, but it's just really interesting to me. And somebody did say something to me, and this I understood, Mo. and I want to get your comments on this. They said, "Well, you're not a Raider. You're not a fan. You don't understand." And so. I said you know I the the personal connection piece of it I I get it from an outside perspective but as 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 Murph told me and someone else told me online I get like I do, I get that I don't understand that right it's 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 coming from the the culture of a Raiders fan and so that it, you don't understand how much that means to us that somebody gets us kind of thing and and that I understand and and I'm not arguing or saying that that's a bad way to feel is it the best way to choose a head coach? Now the fans don't choose the head coach, but my answer would be no. That's not the best way to choose a head coach. Should it factor in? Of course.
2: Here are my thoughts because I I actually did grow up a Raider fan, but yeah. So I get I get the sentiment. He's one of us, and you want to see one of your own be in a position of power and lead the team back to prominence. I I also get all of that too. But what supersedes that? is the is the will to win so al davis (laughs) just win baby it's not about for me it's great to have one of your own again in a position of power but you know what would feel even greater i don't it doesn't matter if he's one of us or not is the head coach the best possible candidate to get the raiders back to the super bowl and win it all because at that point all of this other stuff I don't want to say it doesn't matter. So, of course, it would mean more to have one of your own lead the team back to prominence. Of course, it feels that much sweeter. But are you, if the Raiders hoist the Lombardi trophy, are you thinking, well, I'm not that happy because that guy is not one of us? No, you're celebrating the Super Bowl win, regardless of where the guy came from or what his background is. You don't care if he was a former charger, maybe he was a former chief doesn't matter is he bringing the Raiders back to where you want them to be and that's in the playoff bubble in the Super Bowl conversation I think again that winning supersedes all I want to be clear winning supersedes all but of course it feels that much sweeter to have one of your own while you're winning
1: absolutely and that's why that's why I, I it appeals to me and I understand it like I get it Uh, And and it doesn't mean it's the right choice, though. And so you have if if the stars align and that works out and it's the best coaching candidate for your team and it's one of your own, even better. And we know this, too, right, because because just like when you do well, you know, I feel just as good when you do well because you're you know, you're my partner, you're one of my friends. And so you always feel better when someone that that you're involved with or someone that that you identify with does well no matter what it is they do so so i like that piece of it what's interesting though and and this is where i talk about momentum building it doesn't mean at the end of the day if if momentum's not building with mark davis doesn't matter but i will say watching nfl network this week i see a big thing come up they do a little story about how the raiders defense under antonio pierce um, before he took over, it was 22 points a game. Afterwards, it's now, what, at 15.5, basically gone down a score a game, a touchdown a game, uh, which, hey, look, it changed. I look at it and say, yes, does that have something to do with him? I'm sure it does. He's part of the defensive staff, by the way. But the defense was playing better before that, and this has been an evolution. Patrick Graham should also get a lot of the credit too. But clearly, as things improve, these are the types of things we talked about when he took over which is, do we see progress? We've seen progress on defense. Now we've seen a big one game progress point on the offense. And so if that continues, then to me, it's like, okay, this dude is getting, he's moving it in the right direction in all areas and all facets of the game. Do you agree with me? Do you, do you think, listen, I, whatever happens with the Chiefs, and we'll get to the game in the final segment, but whatever happens on on, on Monday um, is is one thing. But if you start to see more progress there, if it's a close game and the offense continues to do well, uh, is that how he builds that momentum? Or is this the situation mode? Do you think, you think he's got to win two of these three games? How, how does it work? I know you talked about it on your Bleacher Report Live uh, on Wednesday.
2: So one quick point. Before I get before I answer your question, just yeah. really quick side story about the whole one of our own thing. Brian mm. Flores, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, is from Brooklyn, New York. He's from Brownsville, which is not mm-hmm. far from me. Mm-hmm. I root for Brian Flores to do well and to be successful. He's he's one of my own, or our own, over, out here in Brooklyn. But do I think Brian Flores is the best candidate to be the Raiders head coach? No. Nah. You know, I I, <laughs> I I still have some reservations about how he handled the quarterback situation with Tua Tunga Bailoa in Miami. And if you're a person who doesn't want the Patriot way anywhere near the Raider organization anymore, Brian Flores is not on your list because... He's from that Bill Belichick coaching tree. So I'm not saying I'm saying no former Patriots, but I'm I'm making the point that Brian Flores, is the person I root for, but I can separate that from, is he the best person for the job? Correct. Now back to your, your thoughts about momentum and Antonio Pierce. I did a bleach report live early Wednesday at noon Eastern nine Pacific. And I said, I think Antonio Pierce already has momentum. And I pointed out three things. One, he has the buyout from the players in the locker room, specifically the leaders Mm -hmm. in Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. That's not everything, but it's something. Two, we're starting to see the progress from the young players, including this year's rookie class. So in that beatdown of the Chargers, who are the guys that stood out? Malcolm Kuntz, young player coming along across from Max Crosby. Trey Tucker, Aiden O'Connell, Michael Mayer. Those guys were responsible for three, four touchdowns. So I think yeah. that Chargers game, beyond the single-game single, sing, single game record for the Raiders' 63, 63 points, it was the best game, in my opinion, for the young group, for the young guys on that roster, specifically the 2023 rookie class. Yeah. So he has the player buy-in. He's getting the player development now. Jack Jones also being picked up off waivers, had that pick six. The, the one thing that I'll say that a lot of people aren't talking about now, I understand Antonio Pierce doesn't have a lot of, of a track record as a defensive coordinator and a lot of people don't see him as a defensive guy but he is coaching or was coaching still is coaching the linebacker core. and as i've made the point over and over again the linebacker group has been a surprise that that's a product of his coaching yeah and if you identify him as a defensive guy the raiders are 10th in defensive scoring right now so he has to get a little bit of credit for that because part of that is his linebacker core making plays so he has the player buy-in he's getting player development His side of the ball or his position is also playing well. The one thing that he's missing, in my opinion, is a quality win over a a playoff contending team. So the Raiders beat the Giants, the Jets, and the Chargers, who then fired their head coach. They lost to Miami, Minnesota, and Kansas City. The one thing that can put him over the hump, in my opinion, and I made this point earlier today, that if the Raiders were to beat the Chiefs, I don't want to call him a lock to get the job, but he has a very good chance to get the job because... The the easiest path to get to the playoffs is to be able to beat teams in your division. Mm -hmm. The Raiders were able to beat the Denver Broncos before Antonio Pierce was interim. They beat the Denver Broncos with Josh McDaniels already. The Chargers and Raiders usually play each other close. The Raiders haven't beat the Chiefs since 2020 under John Gruden. If Antonio Pierce proves that he can play chess with Andy Reid and beat the Chiefs, it gives him a great chance. I'll repeat that again. I'm not saying it's a lock. You give him the job on the spot. But I would say he's in the front line for that position if they can pull it off on Christmas uh, Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say that I'd, – I'd, I would say he's a lock if he wins two out of the next three, Yeah, including Kansas City. So yeah. to me that would be – because you're you, the, the three teams – and Denver, will see what happens over the two. They've come on strong. Obviously they lost last week, uh, didn't look good, and they had the infighting on the sidelines and all that. But they've been on fire. So the two of the three teams you're playing over the next three weeks are – basically are right now playoff teams. Okay. So, so if that's the case and you beat two of those three teams that then more power to you. So I don't have any problem with that. I just think though it goes back to, and, and and he, again, you have control over that. And if he wins two of the next three, that means he would finish a game above 500 as coach. Right. And Mm -hmm. to me taking the unit where it was, that's remarkable. And so you gotta be a, a serious candidate for the job. Anybody would be. Um, but then again, you start to think about the job pool and who might want the job, who might be available. You know, you, you, we've talked about all the names that have been coming up already—the Harbaugh's, the Frank Smiths, those guys. But but there's also guys like Raheem Morris. Have you seen what Raheem Morris is doing with the with the Rams? The Rams are seven and seven. What he did with that defense this year, and he's already been a hot candidate. He's never gotten the head coaching job. But there's another guy who's got defense. He's also got offensive. Coordinator uh, experience, he called the offense when he worked with Kyle Shanahan. So, so those—that's why I say I can't close my mind off to other candidates. But to your point, I think it's right, which is if he keeps this team together and you see progress and he can beat quality teams, then you have to have him in the mix. So it's going to be real interesting uh, to see. Anything before we go to a break, Mo?
2: Yeah, just one note, Scott. Raheem Morris was a head coach with the Tampa Buccaneers, had a winning season, yes, with ten and six. Didn't last long. Actually, he, no. Right. He was actually head coach. Oh, he was actually
1: that. Yes, you're right. And he Thank was actually
2: the head coach. Had a winning season. It didn't For the full it, year. He didn't. He wasn't able to sustain it though, and that was the yeah. issue. And his name came up in the last cycle as a head coach, and a lot of teams are actually not a lot of teams. I think few teams were thinking about giving him a second chance. Not because he was young when he was a head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he's learned from his mistakes. We you know we heard about that with uh, with uh, Josh McDaniels. Daniels didn't really work out. Uh, that's true. Had a short, had a short state
1: with
2: Atlanta, him. that had a short state with Atlanta. But again, he was a very young head coach at the time. And I think, uh, I think, you know, as we talk about second chances, especially what he's doing with that young Rams defense, a lot of people thought the Rams were completely rebuilding and, and yes. couldn't name anyone else other than Aaron Donald in that defense. And the Rams are starting to come along. And I think yep. Raheem deserve deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah. And we'll see, we'll see what the candidate pool looks like. I am sure Raider nation will kill me over that one. Cause I, I mean, listen, they, they don't want another retread, and I understand that. But I bring him up just because there are guys out there who are who are doing amazing things and are going to be in the pool of candidates this year, and you might not be thinking about their names. So we'll see how that goes. All right, we're up against our first break. When we come back here on Silver and Black today, we'll talk a little bit more about what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks with this Raiders team coming off this mini-buy, including some of the injuries. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot of updates, but we'll talk about that as well when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Welcome back Silver and Black today. Appreciate you guys being with us. We are an Audency Original Podcast, also a radio show in Las Vegas. To our Las Vegas audience on The Bet in Las Vegas, thanks for being with us here on this Saturday, Christmas Eve, if you're listening to us then. If you're listening to us on Thursday, we appreciate you being with us and wish you a Merry Christmas coming up over the weekend. All right, Mo, so we talked about Antonio Pierce. We talked about the coaching. Let's talk about the Raiders as they head into this Chiefs game on Monday. You look at the lineup, you look at Colton Miller being out, you look at Josh Jacobs being out. They've had this mini buy. Not good news so far about Colton Miller. Uh, Josh Jacobs I would expect ready to go for the game on Monday. Uh, The extra day doesn't hurt, obviously. Uh, But but you look at this lineup, you talked about the young players contributing, and I want to spend a little bit of time on that one because – I really like and, – and we we heard from Bo Hardigree earlier in the week talking about being upstairs versus being downstairs. And I thought it was very telling, my friend, because he talked about his ability to see the whole field. And it made you wonder, maybe just because you don't know, right, because you've not done it before since he's never called plays. But as a first-time play caller, you would think you'd want to be at an elevated stance so you could see everything – because you're not familiar. Now, if you've been doing it for 20 years and you're some old tooth uh, offensive coordinator, I get it. You know, it. you don't necessarily. But for Bo Hardegree to talk about that, how, hey, I was able to see how things develop. I was able to see plays. And then when I called the next play, I was able to adjust on the fly and understand better the coverages. I thought that was really telling. And it goes to show you that um, no matter how good of or experienced or inexperienced of a coach as you are, Sometimes you got to try things differently, and it really paid off, obviously, for the Raiders against the Chargers. Uh, and, and clearly, Bo Hardigree and Antonio Pierce learned from that. So you would expect, Mo, right, when they play Kansas City, a much better defense, of course. But when you play them on Monday, you would expect Bo Hardigree to not fall back into his old conservative ways, but to instead utilize that young talent and utilize that, that aggressive nature they did against the Chargers.
2: So two things here. I'm being, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but I'm being, I'm going to probe this a little bit. Okay. So you're telling me, if you're Bo Hart agree you had to see the entire field to not be too conservative? <laughs> I don't think you need to see the whole field to know, like, look, you might want to call some plays that throw the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. I'm no, not I, saying that.
1: I'm not no, saying no, no, no. that. No, i don't I, think, I'm not. I don't think he meant, I don't think he meant the aggressiveness, but I think he meant, he meant his ability yeah. to call better better plays against yeah. the defenses that he was seeing. But right. to your point, yeah, that that's no that's no reason to be Sep- more aggressive. It's a
2: separate, separate issue.
1: Yes. So my so what
2: I'm saying is yes, being up in the booth probably helped him see the field and be able to call plays and build off prior previous plays. I understand that part of it. But part of the part of the reason why the Raiders weren't able to score so many points, any any points against the Minnesota Vikings, is because they were completely afraid to throw the ball down the field. And my point is, yep. you don't need to see the entire field to know you were too conservative. Now, if he <laughs> wants to make the point to say, yes, I'm able to now call a better game and build off of what I did in previous plays because I could see the entire field, I could see plays develop. I understand that part of it. Right. But the conservative aggressiveness, it doesn't line up to me because you don't have to see the field to know, okay, we should test the defense with some deep ball passing with a quarterback who can get the ball down the field. That should, You should need to be up in the booth to know that. Number two, if your Raider Nation loves their petitions, there was a petition going around <laughs> to fire Josh McDaniels, and apparently it worked. So I would say if you're Raider Nation out there, have a petition go around, Raider coordinators... Up in the booth for the remainder of the season. Patrick Graham's up there, but Hardegree worked out for him up there. Oh, keep yeah. the guys off the sideline, put them up in the booth for the rest of the season, and let's see where it goes.
1: Yeah, hey, put the head coach up there. What the heck? We'll see what happens.
2: <laughs> no, nah, you need you need Pierce's energy on the sideline. You need that energy on the sideline. You gotta keep and, Pierce out there.
1: And he is a but, ball of energy.
2: Yeah, but but Hardegree and Graham, who are not loud, not I don't say loud, but not in your face type of guys. Those guys could be up in the booth because yeah. they're not they're not providing the energy on the sideline. But Pierce, I, I mean, I would say, look, keep him, put him on a moped, have him just go up <laughs> and down the sideline on the moped, just motivating guys because have,
1: have us bring have him bring his Impala out there, man.
2: I mean, hey, I, I look the players clearly, as I said in the first segment, it's clear the, that he has the buy in of the players. What well, as oh, I said. Yeah. that's not everything it's something that he has the leader's ear and Devontae adams and max crosby and any other of the veterans that are in that locker room it's part of the equation of having a successful ceo type of head coach you got to have guys who believe you're going to be in the foxhole with them and believe in them for for some of those things that you want to translate on the field to translate and i think that's it worked early uh, then you saw a lapse because of the play calling, because I won't say game plan, because I, I think the Raiders are a prepared team under Antonio Pierce. But when you're playing chess with guys like Andy Reid and Brian Flores, who's a, again a top-notch defensive coordinator, it gets a lot of tougher where it's just not energy, energy alone is not going to get you through.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And and you know, I think that aggressive nature we saw from Bo Hardigree and from Antonio Pierce, because obviously he's the head coach and is involved in game planning. You got to see it again against Kansas City. And that includes those younger players. So you talked about Trey Tucker. Even Zamir White. Look, even if Josh oh. Jacobs is back, I think you got to give Zamir White some carries, man. You got to yeah. keep feeding him mm-hmm. and understand what it is that you have. And listen, I know you're w- trying to win games. He's trying to keep his job. He's trying to get the Raiders uh, off to I think a great ending for the season. So so you're all about winning. But that doesn't mean you don't give those young guys opportunities. Zamir White, Trey Tucker. I think Trey Tucker, his involvement in the last game, you know, that that is what I expected, probably from, you know, a quarter of the season to midway through the season. I was expecting that. Of course, we didn't get it with Josh McDaniels because he had his head up his backside. But but I think that they got to continue to do that because he makes plays. And, And if he doesn't, yes, he drops balls. He's still got a couple issues with that. He'll get better at it. But the, the, the matter of the fact is he creates plays, and when he does that, you have to account for him. And against this Chiefs defense, you want to free up Devontae Adams, you want to free up uh, Michael Mayer, you want to free up Jacoby Myers. I think that's the kind of guy you need as a catalyst to do that.
2: When people here play the young guys, they just assume that it's part of the plan to, to subtly tank. <laughs> no, sometimes playing the young guys are the better option. Yeah, like They got rid of Marcus Peters in the middle of the season. And bumped up Jack Jones. That, that wasn't a tank move. That was just, we think we have an upgrade in a younger guy who's going to give us more effort. So when you hear play the young guys, play the young guys, play the young guys, it's not a code word for necessarily for tanking because the young guys may be better than the guys that are getting most of the snaps on the field. So while I think Trey Tucker will always kind of share snaps with Hunter Renfro and a little bit of DeAndre Carter, Devontae Adams also lines up in the slot. I think it pays dividends to have Trey Tucker on the field. The guy scored two touchdowns and that was a charges defense. But as I said, even if you're not throwing him the ball, opposing defenders have to respect his speed and that opens things up for other players and again he could be a key cog in that offense even if he's not a full-time quote unquote starter
1: that's right uh, and 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 that's that's the key to this thing too and and you got to you have a young i mean you, you're starting a rookie at quarterback yeah so that rookie at quarterback he listen he's going to find devonte adams yes but but these are the guys that are going to be around for certain for four more years, right? And so if you're gonna do that, you gotta get them on the same page as well. And I think I think that their game plan last week was right on. They utilized those guys, they utilize them in places that I think they should have been. And and to me, that shows progress too. So you can be hard on Bo Hardegree all you want because he doesn't have the experience. And and just like we are with Antonio Pierce, but they're learning their way into it and they have the opportunity too. Whether Bo Hart agrees with the Raiders next year or not as the offensive coordinator, uh, doesn't matter. But what he's doing is he's auditioning as well for either the Raiders or for another role. And so I think these guys have a they they saw last week that hey, wow, when we are aggressive and when we do things like this, they actually pay off and it and energizes the players. It shows a belief in the talent and the their ability to execute. And, and that can't be, I think, underscored enough, Mo, when you get to a part of the season where you're not going to make the playoffs. So what are the guys playing for? Yes, they're playing for pride, but they're also playing for one another and they want to finish strong and they want to see what they have and that they're capable. They want to show the world that, okay, we might not make the playoffs, but we are a better team than you think we are.
2: I, I will also wouldn't underestimate the players playing a little harder for Antonio Pierce, knowing that you know, his job candidacy is on the line. I'm sure there are players in there saying, yeah, we may not make the playoffs. This is You know, more there's more percent of a chance that we miss the cut for the postseason, but we can help Antonio Pierce get this job and then build, continue to build on that versus, okay, now we, we have to get a new head coach and we have to get a new GM and then we have to kind of start over. Cause that's what a lot of fans are worried about. They don't want another rebuild. They want to kind of build on what the Raiders already have. And I know this because people have said this in my Bleacher Report live chat. Shout out to Lawrence III, who was in there on Wednesday early. And another guy was in there, and he said, you know, I value continuity. The Raiders have gone through a revolving door of coaches and players. Guys are constantly in and out. They need to build something stable. And the way you do that it's keeping some of the guys in place, some of the coaches in place that have helped develop some of these young players. So I understand it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, no, it makes, it makes all the sense. That's why I don't dismiss him as a head coaching candidate or what he's meant to that team, because it, it, you can't, you can't dismiss it. It's it's important. It's part of the experience. So we'll, we'll see how it all goes down. It'll be interesting. Um, and, and certainly this game on Monday against the chiefs is going to be a big challenge. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Go ahead.
2: One other comment that Lawrence III made that was really good, he talked about how is it going to play for an inexperienced head coach to follow behind Antonio Pierce in his leadership style? So basically Antonio Pierce has that CEO type, you know, mm. he commands the respect. He's a leader of men. Yes. Now what the Raiders go in the route where they want to hire a first-time head coach who's who was just a coordinator, and let's use Ben Johnson. I think Lawrence used Ben Johnson as an example. Ben Johnson's never been a head coach. We don't know how he commands a locker room, and I think it's going to be harder, and I agree with Lawrence on this. I think it would be harder for a head coach who's never commanded a locker room to follow behind Antonio Pierce's leadership style because that guy immediately had the – it seemed like he immediately had the respect of the players. And if you have kind of a soft-spoken you know, type of head coach who's unsure or still feeling things out, Antonio Pierce looks like a natural leader. If right. you get a guy who's got to learn to be a leader, it's going to be tough to follow behind Antonio Pierce, who's just right out of the box, just looks like a leader of men.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree at all. But then I look at, I remember when, and now, now I love the dude. I watch his press conferences. When Mike McDaniel got the job in Miami, I'm like, what? What is this guy like? He's kind of quirky. He's kind of weird. Like, who would have ever thought? And then look at the relationship he's got with those players. Uh, but, but see, he, he does command a locker room. He just does it in a different way. So it doesn't negate in any way, your point. And in fact, it reinforces your point, Mm -hmm. which is people might have different leadership styles, but the leadership is there. And to your point, you could come in as a first time person and depending on your personality, you might not be able to do that. I mean, Josh McDowell is a perfect example of that. Here's a guy who could run an offense, at least with Tom Brady and the Patriots that was remarkable, but then you get in a locker room and he's a weirdo and he gets people, fighting against each other because he's because he's such a tyrant so so you're right you you have to have that and 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 there's it, listen antonio pierce's leadership is undeniable no one can ever take that away from him the guy is amazing at that and we'll see if it carries through over the next three weeks and the raiders can uh, can get some wins back here on the board uh, and finish out strong all right we're going to finish out strong after we get back from this break here on silver and black today, we'll talk about the chiefs. We'll talk about this game. We'll give you our predictions. Yes. Are we going to, I mean, Mo, I think he's going to ruin your Christmas. That's what I think. He's going to ruin your Christmas folks by telling you that he is the Grinch and that the Raiders won't win, but that's just my guess. We'll find out for sure. When we get back on this edition of silver and black today, don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It is time for the home stretch. That's right here on silver and black today, the holiday week edition as we roll up to Christmas. A reminder, subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for your subscription. And don't forget to hit the notifications bell. By the way, follow Mr. Moten on the X. That's right, X.com, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Also, make sure you check out Mo's work on Bleacher Report, where he's a senior NFL writer. Also, his Raiders column on SportsNot com where you can find my work as well and we're going to get into the game now we're going to talk about the Chiefs and the Raiders the Raiders of course do not have a win against the Chiefs since the incident uh, the infamous incident of the bus lap with John Gruden in 2020 The last time the Raiders won at Arrowhead uh, also over the past uh, this past losing streak for the Raiders Mo they've given up an average you ready for this 35 points to the Chiefs in those losses. So it's not been that the Raiders have just lost. It's that they're losing pretty poor, badly to uh, to the, the Chiefs. And um, the question is, with the Chiefs not being the Chiefs everyone's used to, I think the Raiders have a better chance at this game on Christmas Day than they've had in a while if the team we saw against the Chargers, not saying they got to score 63, don't get me wrong, but if we see that aggressive play style, if we see – the execution we saw against the Chiefs, then I think they're right in this game. What do you say, Mo, before you put on your green uh, Grinch costume and tell everybody your prediction? Tell me what you think of this game, the matchups with the way the Chiefs are playing currently, both offensively and their defense, which has been very good, but suddenly is tailing off a bit here towards the end of the season.
2: I'll say this. I... I I agree with you. I actually like the Raiders' chances to make this a competitive game for a couple of reasons here. On Wednesday, Antonio Pierce said if he were a betting man, he would bet (laughs) that Josh Jacobs and Colton Miller will play. So if they get Josh Jacobs and Colton Miller back, that's a boost. I made a point on my Bleacher Report Live early Wednesday, and I said, Antonio Pierce... If anyone understands Steve Spagnuolo's defense, Steve Spagnuolo is the defense coordinator for the Chiefs. It's Antonio Pierce. Let's go back, right? So, Antonio Ooh. Pierce was with the New York Giants. Who was the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants when they won that Super Bowl? Steve Spagnolo. Pierce spent two years in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Now, of course, coordinators change things up all the time, but they have their staples. They have their tendencies. So, I, I think... It's not a it's not a far-fetched idea to believe or think that Aiden O'Connell can have another good game against the Chiefs. So let's remember, he logged a 101.6 passer rating when he played the Chiefs for the first time in Las Vegas. Now, the Raiders, you know, allowed 21 unanswered points and only scored three points after going up 14-0. But one, Aiden O'Connell shouldn't be afraid of the Chiefs, shouldn't be intimidated because passer rating-wise, he had a pretty good game. That was his best game before the Chargers blowout. Yeah. And, and as I said, if anyone knows Steve Spagnuolo's defense, it's Antonio Pierce. He played in it. He won a Super Bowl in that scheme. <laughs> so I'm sure he can point some things out to Aiden O'Connell that'll help him along the way. Antonio Pierce is not calling the plays, but he has that familiarity. So with the guys hopefully coming back and Josh Jacobs and, and Miller, the familiarity with uh, Antonio Pierce and Steve Spagnuolo's system, the young guys playing well, I get the Raiders a decent chance to make it competitive even in Arrowhead. And the other thing, I know the last quarterback who shall name, who shall be unnamed because I don't want to get into car wars today. There was always a lot <laughs> made of the temperature. Oh, it's going to be too cold. He's not going to be able to play well in the cold. Well, guess what? Adel O'Connell played at Purdue, which is in Indiana. And trust me, I know. I have friends in Indiana. They get all types of weather. Hail, snow. It could be snowing on Monday. It could be sunny on Tuesday. And then you get a hail storm on Wednesday. He's he's played in inclement weather. So that's not a factor here. So Mm-mm. with all those factors cobbled up into one reason why the Reds can make this competitive and who knows, pull off an upset, I, I would give them a pretty decent chance.
1: Yeah. And I, I like what you said there too, uh, about, about Spagnuolo and knowing that and, and knowing that defense that Antonio Pierce played in it. And you're right. People always add new wrinkles. Yeah. Uh, but, but this, this, this chief's defense, which has been very, very good, has tailed off recently. And, and then you have their offensive issues And there's a frustration on that sideline. Frustration tends to lead uh, to to mistakes. And and so I think the Raiders, if the Raiders can play pretty mistake-free and take advantage as this defense. And see, that's what I like about this game, though, is the fact that the Raiders, their defense, the way their defense is playing right now. And I know you can talk about the Chargers. uh, Easton Stick is not Patrick Mahomes clearly. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes isn't Patrick Mahomes this year either because he doesn't have the supporting cast he's had. He's been, I think, a little off his number. I mean, look, they're still a good football team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Chiefs are some terrible team. But at the same time, they have vulnerabilities that they haven't had in the past. And if the Raiders can take advantage of that, uh, they certainly have the swagger and the confidence on defense, which I don't think they had in that first game. Even though they had some nice play in the first half, I think that that's the big the big difference here is you have a different mentality coming in that Antonio Pierce brought in and this team has believed in. And so I don't think they're going to go in there intimidated. I think they're going to go in there ready to play. And then it's just going to come down to executing against the game plan uh, and taking advantage of mistakes. I think the chiefs will make mistakes. And if the Raiders don't take advantage of them, that's how the chiefs beat you. That's how the Raiders have gotten out in front of the chiefs many times. And then they give the ball back. They do something that gives the opportunity back to Patrick Mahomes, and he takes advantage of it. It's harder for them to come back in games like they used to because they don't have those weapons on offense. Travis Kelsey's not playing as well as he has in previous seasons either. So I think the Raiders got to be physical. They got to punch him in the mouth. They got to do exactly what they did with the Chargers. And if they did that, I think things go well.
2: It's funny because that's exactly what Tony Pierce said. They asked Tony Pierce about all the Chiefs' trick plays, and he's like, look, they got a million of them. But how do you respond? How do you stop it? You got to hit him in the mouth. Yeah. And I think that's that's his mentality. And that's the physical mentality that the Rays have taken on since he's taken over as interim head coach. Will it work against Kansas City? We'll see. I, I actually feel like it'll be a closer game than the first meeting. You know, yeah. you see a team once as an interim, and then you make those corrections. And we'll see what adjustments that coach and staff made after that first loss in Week 12 in Las Vegas. And I, and, and look, I, as I said earlier in the stream, I think the Rays are prepared pair team under Antonio Pierce. Oftentimes they've come out scoring early. It's, it's the adjustments. It's the in-game adjustments to sustain their offensive productivity. That's been a problem. If they can do that on Christmas day, things can get uncomfortable for Chiefs fans and Arrowhead.
1: <laughs> Raider fans would like nothing more than that. Yeah, no. And listen, I think that this, this opportunity they have ahead of them is a big one and, and that physical nature and being able to do that, if they can do it, they'll 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 fare well. So we look at that, Mo. it's time for our predictions. Um I'm gonna let you go first this time, by humbug, and you tell me, even though you said that they have a good chance, are you telling me they're gonna end this streak? They're gonna win this game against Kansas City on Christmas Day?
2: Now, while I don't, I didn't pick, because remember, my Bleach Report (laughs) column comes out every Thursday morning. I have Mm -hmm. picks against the spread and straight up. I did not pick the Raiders to win the game, but I did pick the Raiders to cover. I think they lose by a touchdown or less. I think it's going to be something like, it might be an Oscar, like 26-19, something like that. Because I think they're going to be some weird I think there's going to be like a safety or some, a weird score somewhere in there that you didn't expect in this game because with division rivals, you kind of have to expect the unexpected at times. But I do think the Raiders cover, and, they, and this is going to be a close game throughout. I don't think that Raiders are going to get blown out in Arrowhead, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to run away with it because a lot of people were asking – Had the Chiefs finally figured it out because they put up 27 on the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is pretty good. But if you watch that game, the Patriots were competing with the Bailey Zappi looked like the better quarterback in the probably through the first quarter and a half of that game. Yes. But to your point, that offense isn't what we're used to seeing. It's not a juggernaut. And that'll give the Rays a chance to hang around and again, put a scare in the Chiefs fans' hearts. While I don't have them winning it, I do think it's close throughout. Maybe the Chiefs get a late touchdown, but if you're out there and you're betting, pick the Raiders to cover because I really think they have a
1: shot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm picking them outright, Mo. You ready? I got ah. the upset. I got the ah, upset. I get
2: back.
1: I'm saying I'm saying twenty three twenty one. I think I think I think the Raiders get a turnover late and are able to able to get a field goal. I think Daniel Carlson wins it for them uh, at Arrowhead. Everybody runs off Christmas. They go to bed, sugar plum uh, fairies dancing in their heads, you know, all that jazz. For Christmas uh, and so we'll see we'll see if I'm made to look like a fool but I just I think that I think the Raiders defense is going to come up big I think the offense will score and and they're not going to put up 63 points obviously but I think they do enough to win and I think the defense creates a turnover that results in points and that'll end up being the difference in the game so we'll
2: see so so you have Raiders 21 23 23 21
1: 23
2: 21 and I have it 26-19, 26-20 26-19, 26-20 Chiefs. Yeah. Or Raiders yeah. covering though. So we both have the Raiders covering. You took Both
1: have on. the Raiders covering, yes. And I am I am putting money on that. I am betting it. Even if the Raiders lose, I do not believe they lose by 10. So so yeah. but I, I think they're gonna win. I think that this one, no one's gonna give them a chance. And I think I've seen some narrative. Well, the Chiefs get a, a get well game against the Raiders. Okay, if you if you see the Raiders defense and what they've done in recent weeks. Uh, again not not a top they're a top 10 scoring defense but i also like how they're creating turnover opportunities and it's just going to come down to can the offense capitalize on at least one of those in this game so that they can take it home so that's that's what i got man i got that's my christmas gift to everybody
2: Scott, if you look at it on paper and i know this this is going to sound crazy to other people listening to this but the raiders have the better skill position players like mm-hmm. uh, other than Travis Kelsey, I understand Rasheed Rice is Especially coming along as a rookie second rounder. But offensively, the Raiders have a better offensive cast. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Trey Tucker, Michael Mayer, those two yeah. guys, young guys coming along. If Colt Miller comes back and solidifies the left side of the offensive line, I can make the argument that the Raiders have the more should have the more productive offense based on the players on paper. But that's yeah. why the game is not played on paper. I get that. <laughs> but they have the they have the playmakers to put points up. It's can they start fast and sustain that productivity?
1: Well, and the Chiefs have the quarterback advantage. But yeah, the quarterback's got to have somebody to throw the ball to. And Aiden O'Connell does a fine job. If Aiden O'Connell doesn't make mistakes, like bad mistakes, then you're absolutely correct. I, I agree with you. I think that they have better offense. And I think on defense, as good as the Chiefs' defense has been over the last – 10 weeks again they've tailed off and the raiders defense is peaking right now and i like that especially in a game that's going to be cold weather might be some rain there too so I, I like the grittiness of that raiders defense and how they're getting it done with uh with the players they got out there so it's going to be fun man it's gonna be a good game
2: so pumping fans with hope before we lay off for christmas huh
1: it's, yeah exactly it's christmas <laughs> i love it but no that's that's what i believe that's what i believe is gonna happen so We'll see if I'm right. Uh, either way, uh, if you bet if you bet the Raiders, you'll do well because Mo and I both have them covering. So that's a, that's a good piece of it. We're gonna, as I said, I'm gonna drop off for Friday uh, the night the night before Raider Christmas. So make sure you check that out here on the podcast feed. And we will next talk to Mo after he's got a belly full of rainbow cake. Correct?
2: Yes, rainbow cake for the holiday season. I'll be on the Bleacher Report live Monday with chocolate cake smeared across my face as I'm after. enjoying a Raider upset win after Scott called it.
1: You're only doing post game though, right? Not pre game.
2: No, only doing post game. They're going to give me a break on Christmas. I'm like, we're not going to bug okay. you before the game, but after the game, show yeah. up with the rainbow cake and we'll we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, and I I would we are not planning on doing a post game show on Christmas for obvious reasons, but I will tell you. Don't see. Don't be surprised if I go live if my prediction is correct. So if my prediction is correct, <laughs>
2: smoking a cigar. Yes.
1: Yeah. My wife and the and the kids will probably get bad, but but I will I will do a post game show if the Raiders win, uh, because that'll be epic and we'll have to cover that. So, but if we don't do that, then we'll be back with you uh, on on Tuesday or Wednesday. The, we've had such weird weeks with this schedule, but we'll be back early next week. Mo and I. Uh, to break it down and to look ahead to the Colts on New Year's Eve. So the Raiders and their their holiday games, uh, the NFL enjoying that time. But, Mo, my friend, have a great Christmas, buddy, and uh, we will talk to you on the other side of it.
2: Same to and your family. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, everybody. Listen, Raider Nation, have a great Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, if you don't, have a great holiday weekend and enjoy the time with family and friends. We certainly appreciate it. Your gift to us is always uh, your support. and We thank you for that. So please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And we will be back with you early next week. For our producer, Mike Robier for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson This has been Silver and Black Today. Take care, everybody.